0: Hello, everybody. I'm JT Crowley, and I have to say, everyone, that I am super delighted to be talking to Linda Hockey. It's great to have her back on the show, um, because this is her second interview with me. And the first one, actually, everybody, was back in, I believe, in October last year when we talked about her series then of the Hickory Dock's Tale series. And here we are, nine to ten months later, talking about her new series, travels with the pack. Now this new series that Linda has written has got two books in the series so far. Um, The first one is called Chatty, the pheasant hen, and the second and her latest book, Desert Friends. And it's the Desert Friends book, everybody that will probably be concentrating on predominantly in the podcast, but we will go and talk about Chatty, the pheasant hen as well, because they are both part of the Travels with the Pack series. And the books are, they're children's books, everybody, and they're aimed at four to eight-year-olds. And when you have a look at them, the beautiful illustrations they've got in there, the, the colorful illustrations and the simple plain stories, they're absolutely wonderful, everybody. Now, Linda, she presently lives in New Mexico, but has lived at various places across the U.S. as she's followed her husband Mike's professional path. Lived in Boston. She's been lived in the state of Oklahoma. She has two children, Owen and Carrie, five grandchildren, and of course, a whole host of hunting dogs because that's where the books come from. They're all about her hunting dogs, the tales and the stories of their adventures, but she's just renamed them in the books. She's been a school teacher. She's been a Sunday school teacher. She's been a volunteer docent, as well as being an author, of course. Linda, I am so excited to welcome you back. And we've been chatting everybody over the last few months back and forth about her books and all sorts of rubbish. But that's what we just do. And now she's got the two books out and we're ready to go, everybody, with these new series of travels with the pack books. Linda, come and join yes. me. I will. <laughs> <laughs> so, Linda, you finally moved on from the Hickory dogs Tales series, but the stories in the new series are still around the ventures of the hunting dogs. Why did you decide to keep the hunting dogs at the heart of this new series?
1: Well, because that's what I really know. A lot about but you know the children and the hunting dogs and these are memories of different events that have happened I've exaggerated them obviously they're fiction but they're very important books about dogs and children and education basically and entertainment and they're good stories so that's why
0: Oh, they're very good stories, and you have hit on them. That yes, they are. You know, for me, they are fun, and yet the there is an educational point to them, as you say mm-hmm. in the stories. Now, you are talking a bit about the wildlife and the, the habits of those animals that we you've characterised here. Right, Absolutely. Linda. Can we go to Desert Friends first yes. before we go to Chatty, everybody? I know it's the second in the series and common sense would say, well, we should talk about the first book in the series, Chatty, but I'm a bloke. I'm going to do it the other way around. (laughs) So let's talk about, uh, let's talk about Desert Friends, because this is the bigger book and your most recent book. Plus, I understand that you feel that this book is your best. This is you at your best. So let's talk about it. Now, you've set the scene in the Sonoran Desert in Arizona. Why a desert scene? And how did you come up with the idea of the characters Rodney, a brown and black speckled roadrunner, and Quincy, a grey-brown Campbell's quail? Because they work so well together. So why the desert scene and why those two characters?
1: Well, my husband has actually hunted birds in, in the desert a lot, you know, in Arizona, New Mexico, wherever. And he's, he's done a lot of that. But the reason I, and it was different, to be quite honest with you. Chatty, I did in South Dakota in a winter scene, as you, you already said earlier. And so this one was the Sonora Desert. And, and it, had, it had all the elements that I wanted. It had a good story. plot. It had uh, some entertainment with the animals, and it also had some of the education that you just talked about. Uh, Rodney, I I really like the idea of the birds, because Rodney's taller, thinner, and he's the roadrunner and goes really, really, really fast. The quail, um, uh, Quincy, is shorter, fatter, and, you know, is a little more deliberate. And so just as we, as humans, come in all sizes, shapes, colors, etc. So do animals. And animals have a lot of the same type of characteristics. And I thought that they would work well together. And they they do. They actually do work very well along with the two hunting dogs, the German short hair pointers. And Tripod is a three-legged hunting dog, but he was one of my husband's best hunting dogs, actually. He could really run and how he was fabulous. And then of course, Gator, who's, who's the four-legged one. And, and still he has his own characteristics, so to speak. So, and that's why I picked them. Just they were very different. Rodney is, is a, road runners are more individual. They're not like in a community as much. Quails actually live sort of in a community when they are sleeping. They get in a round ball and their tails are facing in and their little heads are sticking out. So there was a difference right away between Rodney and between Quincy. And there were some other differences, too. So that's what I'm trying to bring out, along with the entertainment and the fun of it.
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, there's quite some entertainment in here, everybody. And I did love the illustration where you've got the quails all huddled together, you know, with their rear ends all, you know, pushed, you know, in a circle to keep him warm. And of course, you know, Quincy, she said, you know, likes to, well, Rodney, you'll be no good here because you're too skinny, <laughs> you know, and that tail will never fit in. <laughs> And right. Chris Rodney is, you know, he's a bird that's, you know, the roadrunners, they they stick to themselves, don't they?
1: Well, yes. And, and also when they need to warm up instead of being in a big old bunch, they actually, their back will face the sun and their feathers kind of spread out in the back. And then that's how they warm up. So oh,
0: okay, that's, you say that in the book. Yeah. Yeah, you say that in the book. Um, I have to say, uh, Linda, the illustrations done by uh, Mike Minnick are wonderful. The colours are exciting and the facial expressions on the characters are cute. (laughs) Did you and Mike find coming up with these great illustrations a real labour of love? Tell us how the drawings came to life to bring a, a magical touch to this wonderful book of yours, because that's what the illustrations do.
1: Oh, well, thank you. And, and uh, I feel like Mike Mimic and I work very well together. He doesn't live here, he lives in Oklahoma. But when we talked, um, you know, we would go through my manuscript first. And that's, and I actually show children in the classroom how, how you go about doing a book. And so we, we went through the manuscript, and then uh, we developed the carrot he developed the characters from my characters, in other words, the drawing, so to speak. And he made them oh, I love it, the one and I wish you could show it uh, the one in which the shadow is over, Quincy and Rodney, and the way their eyes are kind of bugged out. Mike really brings the characters to life because he has a labor of love, just like I do. And, um, he's a wonderful, wonderful illustrator with him. So.
0: Oh, I think, you know, it's, it's, the illustrations are fantastic. You know, I, I looked at them, you know, and you've got a, for me, I love the one of where you've got Gator and who is, you know, crashed into the, um, you know, into the spines. And, you know, there you've got him, you know, in the illustration with the spines all on his right bottom, should I say, (laughs) looking a bit sad for himself. And then you've got, you know, you've got Tripod, you know, who I think it's wonderful how how he's drawn, you know, the the picture of him coming down, the, the water gushing down, and he's trying to get out of the um, this, you know, gushing water. and um, with great difficulty. And then of course you've got some of the and Gator is there, you know, helping him out by grabbing him by the collar and pulling him out. I love that caption.
1: I think Mike did a great job. The Aurorias the Aurorias in the in the in the canyons, so to speak, in the desert or the little creek beds, so to speak, they really can get lots mammoth water all at one time and it comes really rushing. And it's exactly like that with the mud coming down and then tripod got caught in the water. And, and as you said, gator helps him get out, but Rodney and Quincy, you know, are running right along with it, trying to help save uh, tripod also. So, you know, it, I, I think what he did with that was absolutely fabulous. He is a great Great illustrator. He really is.
0: Oh, yeah. And I love it, yes, when you've got, um, you know, uh, Rodney and Quincy, you know, going along at their own paces along the bank there, along the side, where the, alongside the water. It's absolutely wonderful. Um, now, apart from, yes, you know, we've got Rodney, Quincy, and you've already said that we have got the two dogs. And they, again, are two important characters in this book, everybody. And yeah, you've got tripod and you've got gator. And I know you've marginally touched upon this, but tripod was one of, you know, is a dog with three legs. And he was one of your, you know, as you said, your husband's dogs. And then gator. Now, for me, he's kind of a fun dog. And of course, dogs, you know, these um, German short head pointer hunters, they're very important in your life. And that's why they're in the books. Why did you pick was Tripod and Gator, those two dogs, you know, when they were, you know, in your life, were they great friends, the two of them? And that's why you put the two of them together.
1: Oh, yes, basically that that's a good point. Um, They were friends and they're opposite. They're, They're very, very different. Tripod is the one that in the house he would grab one of my books or my husband's hunting books. He would actually tear the binding off of the side of the book. And so I always, I've got him in another book and he, and he calls it a, a shorthand way of, of learning about hunting is what he calls it because he, said he claims, you know, he's been reading, so to speak, from the binding of the book. And, and Gator was just not like that. I mean, Gator didn't do those kind of things, but Tripod did. Tripod was the one that might get him in a little bit of trouble, and Gator would have to help him out. So, you know, they did.
0: Yeah, and that's why you put Tripod in the the rushing water and Gator coming to his rescue, didn't you?
1: Right. Absolutely. Absolutely.
0: Right. Yeah, there you go. You see, everybody, the stories are based on Linda's uh, dogs, what she saw, what she witnessed, and the fun that she's had with her dogs, because she's had dogs all her life, herself and her husband, Mike, they've had dogs all their lives. And these are the stories that she's just taken from her dogs, put them in a book, given them a character in children's stories and she's telling the story of what they get up to and and so that kids aged four to eight can look at the books and have a laugh love this illustrations and learn a little bit as well about writing and uh, you know what the wildlife of these places for me linda this is a fun book but yes at the same time as you said already you are teaching kids what these animals are about their so-called you know function you know in the world, this is intentional for you, isn't it? This is important for you, that They're not only just fun books. They are also slightly educational.
1: Absolutely. I actually call it, I call my books, and and it's kind of different, but I call them like the C books. In other words, S-E-E, you're seeing the books. and, And the S stands for it has to be a good story. The E, the first E stands for it has to be entertaining. And the third, I mean, the the second E stands for it has to be educational. So when I do my books, I have to have a good story. I have to have it entertaining. Children don't like to be preached to. We all know that. But it needs to have some education for animals, and they need to be animals that these children may or may not know know anything about. So that's 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 really that is very important to me. And I do a lot of uh, I go to the schools and read to the schools, and, I, and I've actually worked with some teachers last year. I worked at Eagle Nest, which is a, a school that's close to here, and I taught the children how to. They wrote uh, an actual small story, one page only, and they did an illustration with it, and they, it was two animals. We had to have two animals. They were one of the animals. They were the protagonist. And the other animal was the antagonist. So the protagonist, that was the child. And the child learned about the bear or we would pick out like six animals. We did it because we live in New Mexico. So we would pick out certain animals. And so that teaches children a lot. But by reading the books, they learn. And hopefully, they learn a little bit more about each of the animals. So that's what I try to do. I want to make it fun for the children. I want them to learn to write. I want them to learn to read. It's most important that children don't just do everything with a computer that they can sit down and actually read the book uh, with a handbook, or they can actually get the digital copy of the book too. So that's really important.
0: Did you enjoy enjoy writing this book, you know, compiling it? I get the impression um, that you did because I've, Uh, You know, it's coming across to me that you think that this is probably your best performance, so to speak, your best book. Am I right?
1: Yes, I I really feel like it is. um, In many, many ways, it shows a lot of teamwork, diversity, uh, you know, community, um, fun. I mean, all of the things that I would hope. That, that we would want in a society. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, it is. I feel like it is my best book. If you want to be honest, truth.
0: Yeah. And, you know, and the four adorable characters, you know, Rodney, the roadrunner, Quincy, the quail, um, you know, tripod getting himself into trouble and there's Gator as usual, getting him out of trouble. And, of course, you're telling the kids also about not so much the animals there, but you're talking about, you know, the um, sudden surge of the, down the aurora, you know, the, what, the waters can all of a sudden just come lashing down, racing down, and just sweep life away, can't they?
1: Right, absolutely. And the choya cactus is really what you were talking about, the spines on it. Yeah. That really hurts. I mean, those are, yeah, you know, those cactuses are not fun.
0: No, as, and, as, as Gator found out, yes, he had to have them removed, didn't he, by the yes, great one.
1: The great one I was gonna say. We can't one. leave we can't leave the hunter out, the great nope. one to the rescue too. So yeah. the
0: the great one everyone is he's still the great one when in the old series of the Hickory Doc series, the great one is there as well and the dog. And of course he's the he's the hunter, he's the master. Let's turn to chatty, Linda. Now, this is a smaller book, and you set the scene, as you've already said, um, in South Dakota. Now, it's set on a grey November day, and it's a snow blizzard, and it's in South Dakota. Now, this is such a stark contrast to the Sonoran Desert of Arizona. Why did you choose, A, a pheasant hen to be one of the main characters, and why a winter scene? Hmm.
1: Well, my, my once again, my husband has hunted quite a bit in the Dakotas, et cetera, and for pheasant. Um, and uh, Nassau, that's one of the reasons I wanted it. This is a story that was taken from, and it's actually partially true, to be quite honest with you. Nassau did find uh, a hen pheasant underneath the snow because they apparently they can get, they burrow down and it's kind of like a shelter to the pheasant at times. And so that was, that was one of the reasons. Nassau was one of the best black lab hunting dogs we've ever had. I mean, he was a, a great, great, great uh, lab. I cannot begin to tell you how great he was, but uh, anyway, and so he had gone after a hen pheasant and in the story, it goes a little bit further, chatty, um, the, the hen pheasant chatty she's, she's not happy that Nassau brought her out. Hunting dogs are taught to have soft mouths, in other words, they are not to crunch down on a bird or anything like that. Nassau was perfect at that. He had a very soft mouth. he would bring it back to the hunter and and he waits until the hunter takes it out of his mouth and but he can't leave any teeth marks or anything and Nassau was a perfect perfect hunting dog for that. But in this story, there's a little twist because there's a definite twist. And Nassau's not very happy at the end. He's not a
0: happy bunny. He thought he was doing a good job and it didn't turn out to be his day.
1: No, no. And that once again, it teaches the children that, um, you know, that with the hen pheasants, the hunters don't hunt them because it would hurt the population. And so Nassau learns the hard way as the hunter uh, has chatty fly off into the sky that he can that, that's not wrong. Huh? But Nassau's up because he was trained, you know, he went to training school, hunting school, to learn how to do all this. And he the hunter is... Great, yeah, you
0: know, he's trying to do his best to please his master, and it's been told by the great one. Um... It kind of got the wrong bird, basically, you know. So it wasn't his day, you know. And it was a snow blizzard, so poor old NASA. He wasn't having a good day. He thought he was going to please his master, but he didn't get the the essence, the point, and the right birds. Poor old NASA. But you know, NASA because he's he's a beautiful, beautiful black Labrador Retriever, and he's you know. One of the main characters in the book. He's he's a beautiful dog, isn't he?
1: Yes. Yeah, he was. He was probably another one of those back in the old days. He was a wonderful, wonderful, wonderful dog. I can't begin to tell you. Yeah, he was great. And he hunted up to the end of his life, so to speak. You know. So he was great. Yeah. He would do anything. I mean, he was perfect dog.
0: I'm interested actually, you know, when, um, your husband goes out on, you know, on the hunts, um, do you go with him?
1: I have not, I've only been like once on, but you know, I'm not into the hunting park, <laughs> but, but it is kind of fun to see the dogs and the dogs. I have seen them in, uh, action, so to speak. And a long time, a long time ago. And it, it's really interesting. I think a relationship between the hunter and the animals is very, very important. And in my stories, because my, my husband is a really kind, sweet, wonderful hunter who, um, who is very much into protecting wildlife, so to speak. And ha- hunters are just, you know, there's really some great hunters. And so he's wonderful with the dogs, it's really takes good care of them. So. And I'm trying to bring that across also.
0: Yeah, that comes across, you know, when he says, um, you know, we, we don't hunt them and we don't hunt them because they keep the population going. Right, absolutely. Um, right. Again, Linda, like in all your books, you're telling a simple story, you know, to the kids. Some stories carry a fun side to them, others not quite so. But there's an underlying message about the rural wildlife. Uh, scene and what goes on in nature those messages are important for you to get across to the kids but as you says not telling them but doing it in a fun way and that sums your books up doesn't it
1: right absolutely it has to be fun the kids have to like it and that's the important thing so yes
0: What's next for Linda Hockey as an author? Are we going to write more books? Um, And are we going to see more in the series of Travel with the pack, Or are you going to move on to another topic?
1: I actually probably will do more with the animals. Uh, My next book, it's already on the drawing board. It's called Blake Jake, An Ordinary Day in the Life of a Wild Turkey. And it is about a turkey a dog and some cows. So that's what it's about. (laughs) So yeah. So it'll be another uh, interesting, and it, and it takes place. It's not in a desert. It's not in uh, South Dakota. This is more or less in New Mexico.
0: So but is it going to be part of the travels with the pack series?
1: I don't know whether it will be or not. Um, the, with the dog in there, it definitely could be. Um, I haven't really decided yet, to be quite honest with you. And I've got, there's about, I've got three or four more that are, that I've already have written. I'm just improving them, so to speak. Before You
0: I, love writing books for kids, don't you?
1: Yes. I, I re- and I really do, John. I really do. I think it's a, you know, I enjoy it a lot.
0: So. So when you write your books, do you set, you know, a time, a certain time throughout the day? Do you write in the morning or the afternoon? Or do you just write as of when the mood takes you or as of when the time becomes available?
1: I don't know how you do it. um, And I don't know how anybody else does it. I do it. I do it probably pretty early in the morning. If I get, if, and and it also has to be if I'm in the mood or, you know, if I don't have other things on my plate, so to speak, but I'm pretty good about getting up early in the morning, about four or five. And that's when I, I don't have any, no interruptions at all. And that's when I do pretty good. And I also think of the ideas as I'm going down the highway or something. Um, I have a friend who's a very good author and he will, Actually, have a little notebook with him. I don't know if you do that or not. Uh, and when he thinks of an idea, he'll write it down. I can't do that because I'm driving most of the time. Because it takes it takes me about thirty minutes to get down a mountain.
0: So, so she she, she lives ten thousand feet up the mountainside. Everybody. And you certainly don't walk down that track, not where she lives, because she might walk into a little cougar or a big cougar, or there might be a mother bear there with a few cubs, and uh, that's not good.
1: You that's need to what? be in your four
0: by four. Um, I don't actually. I, I'm not one of these people who uh, writes my books you know, at a set time, so it's not a morning or afternoon. It's as and when the time fits, and as you said, you've got to be in the mood for it um so i i mean the person who taught me to write he used to say you should spend so much time a day you should do so many uh, words a day and eventually he just gave up with me and just said i would just do it as and when you want to do it because that's you you're at the total different end of the scale as most authors most authors set the sign you know like i've got to write a thousand words a day and i write it in the morning or in the evening i don't so I think you and I are a similar there, but I'm not up at four or five o'clock in the morning.
1: <laughs> yeah, I do better early in the morning. The, the other thing, and, and I don't know about you, but when I was with the children, it, uh, when I work with children, I'll say, you can take one sentence. Like I had a friend the other day that told me about, and, and this is another one of my book ideas because I got the, the sentence from her. She said that there was a vulture and a raven and also a red tail hawk. And she saw them swarming down to get what was the roadkill on the ground. That one sentence has enabled me to actually come up with a story that's after Blake Jake, but I'm working on that story too. And so I'm going to have a story about those characters. Only I'm using a white raven because there are white ravens. They're very rare, but I'm using a white raven, a red tail. What I'm trying to say, I guess, John, and maybe I'm going on too much, is that you can take one sentence that someone has said or one idea, and then you can develop that into an entire story, Uh, you know, a fun story. And so that's what I do.
0: Absolutely, and, they, and you do, and you do it in a wonderful, uh, delightful way. And Linda, where can people get your books from um, and find out a little bit more about yourself?
1: Okay. Um, the best thing is my website, and that is com. And that'll, that'll open up. It's all, all of my books will be in there and about the author will be in there and about the characters in the story. So it's, it's www.harkeybooks.com. And it will have at the end of each thing, like my Hickory Dog's Tales, it will, it will show the awards that I've gotten on that one. And then it will show that you can buy it uh, through Amazon or through Archway, the publisher. And that's what, and you can click on that. And you can purchase the book. So.
0: Linda, thank you for your friendship over the last nine to ten months. Um, hopefully, I'll get to stay on your ranch. I know you, you don't will. call it a ranch, but we won't tell everybody that. Yeah, Just 30 will. acres of, of land up there. Um, near Angel Fire in New Mexico with your dogs, your cougars, your black bears, and the elks. I can't wait to come and visit you. And to and see where you've put the scenes to these magical, beautifully gifted, created stories. So once again, thank you for your friendship over the last nine to 10 months, and we will keep chatting and bantering about nothing and, you know, general and load of rubbish at times, but that's the way that we work together, isn't it?
1: Absolutely. (laughs) can't wait to see you.
0: Thank you. So thanks for coming back onto the show to talk about your new series. Linda Hockey, everybody. That leaves me as I say every week, just to say, I'm JT Crowley. Thanks for listening, watching, wherever you are in the world. So until next time, stay safe.